Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm good. Um, and and, and, as, and, and as, as usual, listeners, you need to know this. I've had a half a pot of coffee, um, so I'm well caffeinated. So, so we're good to go. Yeah. Excellent, because I have decided what I want to be now. What do you want to be? I want to be the head of an agency, and I'm actually going to be discerning and say, you know, I want to be the head of a space agency, as we all know. The space, space force. force. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. the reason that I want to do that is because then I can make unfettered space regulations. <laughs> I will be in charge of all the regulations. I was just sorry. I to give a little context. I was moving the the code of federal regulations the other day. I was moving some volumes around. Yes, it's something we do in libraries occasionally. We squash things to make room for other things. Yes. And I yes. was squashing them up, and I was thinking, you know, if I was in charge of an agency, I would just have carte blanche to write regulations, stick them in here, as we have noted in previous episodes wait out the time that I have to pretend to care whether other people agree or not, and then go forward. It's the ultimate power, right? Like president, you get voted out, Congress, you get voted out. But it, dude, if you're the head of an agency, I just regulate the snot out of space and nobody can stop me. There, there are a couple problems with your thinking, Mia. Okay. Well, one, I've announced it, so that might be problematic. I'm going to have to kill you and all the listeners. But other than that. <laughs> okay. Beyond the potential that you might have to engage in mass murder. Okay. <laughs> so let's move beyond that. Okay. okay. Um, Next. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big subject. It's a big topic. It's a big problem, but there are a couple comparatively minor issues you might have to address. Okay. One, as we previously have discussed, rules for the rule makers. You might have to at least go through a particular process listed in the Administrative Procedures Act when you are issuing all of these directives. Okay, so right. that's one problem, right? But a second problem, okay, actually um, uh, arises because of a little-known law passed in 1996, Nia. You know what that law is? I do not. Do I have to care about this? <laughs> Perhaps you should. Okay. okay? So the, my future plans may be affected by this law. It, yes. Okay. okay. Substantively, probably not. But again, like so much of politics, it's a pain. Okay. okay? It's a pain. Right? Oh, is it one of those sneaky trip you up things when you're not looking? Yes, kind of, sort of. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in the name of the law, uh, uh, Nia, is the Congressional Review Act, which was passed in 1996. Okay. This was part of an, uh, uh, one of the laws that was passed by the Contract with America uh, Republicans when they Ah, uh, Mr. Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, okay, who was a member of the House of Representatives from the fine state of Georgia, um, and uh, he was Speaker of the House. Um, he and President Clinton were each other's foils for, you know, roughly, you know, <laughs> the entire time Bill Clinton was president. Okay? Right. They yes. were nemesis. Nemesis. Yes. Nemesi. Right? I don't know what the plural of nemesis yeah, is. I, see, I always nemesis wondered, is. The, I wondered what the plural, <laughs> we'll have to look that up, right? Yeah, nemesis maybe, <laughs> A-E on the end, anyway. You know, because, you know, it's kind of sort of like, what's the plural of focus, okay? Oh, yeah, foci. It, it's foci, right? But, but then I've actually been corrected at academic conferences for not necessarily using it correctly. And I'm like, oh, you know... Whom, don't take this wrong, but academics need to bite me sometimes because, <laughs> dude, sometimes we get down into the weeds of things that don't matter. In the long course of history, does it really matter whether I say foci or focuses? What do you care? 
but anyway, okay. So, okay, so congressional is, review review act. Right. Okay? What is what does it do? Okay, so uh, I'm just going to refer to the acronym because again, um, in we government, love an acronym. In government, yeah, we deal with government documents, folks, and we like our acronyms. <laughs> we do. We do. They give us comfort. Yes. Okay. They're they're like a warm blankie. Yes. Okay. You know, you can it, wrap yourself in loving acronyms. Yeah, it, it's like waking up on a cold morning. Okay, in my case, I go out to the kitchen. Okay, I brew my first cup of coffee. I sit in the recliner. I pull a blanket down. Okay, and I, you know, lovingly hold that first mug of coffee. Right? Acronyms are that. <laughs> okay, for those in government. Right. That's right. Okay. They just warm. They are me. the sustenance. <laughs> yes. They warm me to to the essence of my soul. Except yeah. for this, the ones that are more brutal. Ice, right? <laughs> right. Which sounds like what it is. You, you would be afraid of that. Yeah, you would be afraid of it. But, but FEMA, FEMA sounds so nice, right? Like, oh, FEMA. But, but even with ice, if you say it correctly, you can have some fun with it. Ice. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> if you if you that's true. Right. Okay. Okay. So your Congressional C Review Act, what are we going to call that? CRA. The CRA. Yes. Okay. So CRAW. The C yeah, CRAW. Okay. <laughs> CRAW has two requirements. Okay. First, all rules promulgated by executive branch agencies have to re be reported to the United States Congress. So yeah, I have to. My space force rules have to be told to Congress. Yes. No. <laughs> I counter with no because all they're going to do is be obstinate and difficult. Oh, the, the the reporting requirement is the least offensive part of this for well, you. Well, I guess if I just had to tell them and I didn't have to care what they thought. Ah, but here's the rub. Is that the second part of the rule? Yeah, yeah. Here's the rub. Uh, uh, you know, as Shakespeare would say, okay, <laughs> man, we're just good when we can get a Shakespeare reference. <laughs> man, we're just today. We're just like all over the map, right? Okay. Um, the second part is Congress then has sixty legislative working days. Okay. Wait. wait. Yeah. legislative working days defined as when they are actually in in session okay because their <laughs> legislative schedule that could be the better part of a lifetime 60 <laughs> legislative working days have yeah, you looked I mean, at their schedule uh yes i am familiar with congress's um uh, working schedule right uh, yeah talk about lackadaisical if i worked as least often as they worked my boss would fire me because she would never know where I, who I was or where I was. Okay. In what Nia, in listeners, what Nia is re referencing um, um, is, is something that I discuss with my students with some regularity. Of the three branches of the federal government, probably the um, – I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> the laziest is the Supreme Court. Okay, because let's be very clear. Their work really doesn't start in earnest until like the last week of September. They don't hear oral, oral arguments until the first Monday of October. And then they have breaks throughout their term, okay, so that they can write, okay. And read. Let's, it, and let's, let's be very clear. Many of the justices then like, you know, fly around the country and like give talks. Right. right, and farm the, the actual work of the right. Supreme Court out to their clerks. Clerks, right? But then the clerks, as we've discussed previously, they tend to get a little cranky if their term doesn't wrap up by the last week of June. Because the first week of July, they're on vacation. You know, they, they have their summer furlough. And many of them have cushy, like, teaching gigs at you know law schools around the world you know right nice you know a nice little you know university Trip to barcelona uh, right nice <laughs> a lovely lovely summer in 
you know, you know the, the, well, the, the, I was going to say Ukraine, but not right now. Oh, ouch. Ah, throwing some serious shade. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But, but your 60 day legislative working day is not 60 calendar days. That no. is not two months no. and I'm free. It's. Yeah, because Congress. Whenever will, they show up for 60 days. Yeah, because Congress will adjourn for holidays. They will adjourn, you know, they adjourn quite a bit during the summertime. Augie, okay. they adjourn for molecules moving in the air. <laughs> they, they adjourn when they want to screw the president or when they want to get back at somebody, they'll adjourn, right? Like, I mean, they just adjourn at the drop of a hat. So okay. you're, what you're telling me is this could go on forever. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, I mean, 60 days with you know the calendar year is two months for congress it could be three four four and a half months Ugh. okay now what so if i get to the end of that does my okay. rule stand okay well here's the deal so okay. the C cra basically says that within 60 days congress can uh uh introduce uh, a special joint resolution of disapproval of the rule oh Yes. But they can't stop me. They just disapprove. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. It's a special joint resolution. Now, if they pass the resolution, then it goes to the president. Now, more than likely, what's the president going to do to their disapproval resolution? Well, if he's in their party, he might okay it. But if he's not in their party, he's unlikely to okay it just on principle of if you don't like it, I probably do like it and therefore go away. Yeah, he's going to be the, the president's going to veto it. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, think about this. Because I was hired by the president. I'm yes. probably in cahoots with the president. Yeah, because uh, cahoots is a strong word. No, I mean, because like, I, I am probably in agreement, agreement with the because, president in terms of political aspirations or things I want to do with the regular policy. You know, right. right. I mean, I mean, because, again, that's why we still have patronage for those positions. So they and, get to register disapproval and then the president gets to say, oh, don't care. But junk. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty, the. Uh, so it slows me down. Yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> There That's the go. point. Oh, yes. okay. So the point yes. of it is not to stop me. The point of it is to annoy me and slow me down under the theory that it might scare me into changing yes. the okay. regulation or yes. it might it might just slow track it so much that it doesn't it that doesn't, by the time it gets around to it, it doesn't take effect or it doesn't do Yeah, because if if we're expecting the executive branch of the federal government okay, to, you know, respond quickly, the CRA slows down the executive branch. Okay. And, and, it, and this was designed to be a tool of congressional oversight of the executive branch because this really reflected conservatives being concerned that the executive branch was largely operating without any control. And that Al Gore was rewriting the federal government in large documents that he would thump down on people's desks oh, yeah, the, called the, reinventing the, the government, yeah, right? Yeah, the, like, the, the, the National Performance Review, right? Right. But, you know, <laughs> what, 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 so they were afraid that, they were afraid those young bucks would come in there and sure, start right? making all kinds of crazy changes. And Newt Gingrich was like, you know what we could do? do. We could slow this train down. Yes, right. We okay. can't stop it, but we can slow it down enough to aggravate people that maybe they'll just go away or stop trying. And, you know, when Clinton signed it into law, you, you have to believe that Clinton's thinking was, okay, the United States Congress hardly ever achieves consensus on anything. <laughs> you think that they would be able to achieve consensus to go ahead and overturn some sort of arcane rule that is issued by you know, some, you know, little agency like, you know, the Space Force, right? Okay. Will, mine will not be a little agency. <laughs> we will take over many other agencies. Look out, other agencies. I'm coming for you. In, in Nia, your statements <laughs> is why we have another concept in the study of bureaucracies known as turf wars, right? <laughs>
you know, I, like, I am very sure that DHS <laughs> will fight back, but Space Force is cooler and more oh, exciting. Well, 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 excuse me. It's not only the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, okay, which has sunk trillions of federal taxpayer dollars, okay, into, you know, the Star Wars defense system, okay, and satellites. They shall be mine. They shall be mine. <laughs> I would look great in a uniform. I could get one of those uniform, like pretend uniforms that like the, all the dictators in history have made, you oh, know, yeah, Hitler yeah, and yeah, Mussolini yeah, yeah. and oh, Stalin. Yeah, and, and then I could just put ribbons all over it of all different colors and kinds. And when people say what they're for, I say they're what I say they're for, because that's what dictators get to do. Let's just put it this way. The Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, their badges will have nothing. Oh. On your on your uniforms. Oh my gosh, my uniform you... will be, and I will have epaulets <laughs> with like Brady things that hang off. It will be fabulous. It's going to be totally fabulous. When you are walking down the street, you and your agents. Oh, like okay? I'll ever walk. Okay, okay, but as you are walking to, I will be lit- carried on one <laughs> of those. <laughs> you know those things like the ancient egyptians like the i can't remember what they're called the it's Boy, not this, a beer but you know where you're carried the, the, along and uh, uh, well in, in this conversation <laughs> is veered wildly away from the CRA. yeah i'll have to pick the right kind of president to get this and get this yeah. going but anyway so back to the cra so yeah. it, it it slows it down but it can't actually technically stop something. Yes, it could. Okay, it can. How? Okay, okay, but okay. So remember the second step, or the the the, the second major part of this law. Let's say Congress passes a joint resolution of disapproval. Right. And let's say the president signs it. Oh. Then then that rule, okay, cannot go into effect. And moreover, Nina, the agency is prohibited. From crafting a similar rule. I was going to say a get around rule. <laughs> in the future. Okay. Oh, like ever. Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, it, so if Congress were able to back the president into a corner where they felt like he felt like he or she felt like they had to sign it. Yes. They could kill it. Did, did, do you think that Gingrich, when he brought this up with Congress and, and got it passed or, and sent it to Clinton's desk, do you think Clinton felt in some ways backed into a corner because they were so oppositional um, I really that it think- would make him look bad if he didn't sign it, if he didn't say, you're right, Congress should have? I, I, I think the Clinton administration... Listeners, you got to recall the Democratic Party in the 1990s, led by Bill Clinton, was much more moderate than the mm. Democratic Party is today. That's a fair I mean, point. Bill Clinton was um, uh, 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 labeled a new Democrat. Okay, uh, Bill Clinton once infamously said, "The era of big government is over." Can you imagine AOC, for instance, saying the era of big government is over? Under no circumstance. Elizabeth She could Warren. be on a rack, <laughs> tortured by the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, no Elizabeth- one expects the Spanish Inquisition, and she would never. Could you imagine Elizabeth Warren saying that? Nancy Pelosi saying no. that? Bernie no. Sanders? No, they would never say that, right? No, the progressives in the Democratic Party would not. Yeah, they wouldn't go for that, right? They wouldn't yeah. go for that. So it was a different Democratic Party. Um, and, you know, okay. as, and as you mentioned, Nia, you know, this was the presidential administration that had the vice president, Al Gore, um, do uh, a landmark study, um, the National Performance Review, that went ahead and said that the executive branch needed to be more entrepreneurial. Okay. Well, you know, less red tape, mm. encouraged, okay. encouraged to take risk. So, you know, this is part and parcel of a series of, of reform efforts that scholars, 
Many folks, for instance, um, in uh, business schools were arguing if we wanted to get a more efficient, effective, economical government, uh, we needed to make changes. Right. So, you know, it, it, I don't think the Clinton administration thought it was backed into a corner. What I really do think the Clinton administration thought was the likelihood <laughs> that the Congress would be able to pass a special joint resolution agreeing to disapprove of rules. And let's face it. Okay. You know, Nia, so y'all go ahead and have your, your law because uh, the likelihood of you being able to implement it, it is, is non-existent. And to that point, because I know you, you like to ask this question. Okay, as of November 12th of last year. Okay, you, you're going to answer the question. question. I love it without me even asking, which is, how many times has this even okay. been a thing? So we're talking about November 12th of 2021. So okay. how many years is that? Uh, 25, 26 years? Right. Okay, about 25 years. Okay, only 20 regulations have been overturned. Only... <laughs> 20 okay in 25 uh, years they're averaging less than one a year one year right and, and by the way is that because they just can't agree to well i mean because again you you actually pointed out one of the flaws of the cra what if congress is controlled by the same political party as the president What's the right. likelihood? What's the likelihood, for instance, that the Democrats, which control both houses of Congress, at least until November of this year, November of 2022, both houses of Congress are going to overturn a regulation issued by some agency in the Biden administration? Un wildly unlikely. Wildly unlikely, right? The only way they would do that is if they didn't think it went far enough. Far enough. That's right. Right. Okay. That's the only yeah, yeah, right. The only time you would overturn in your own administration would be y'all didn't go far enough. We want it to be 10 times bigger, badder, wilder, crazier than yeah. it was. And, and what you've actually seen is the first time it was used, it was used when Bush 43 just took office. And when he came into office, the Republicans regained control of both houses of Congress, and they overturned um, um, uh, a Clinton administration um, a regulation about ergonomics in the workplace. The, the Department of OSHA. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that that's not important because ergonomics in the workplace is important. Okay. It's important that your desk is at the right height, your chair is at the right height, you don't get carpal tunnel. All of that is important. But really, that was that's the, the thing. That was the first time. That's the hill. Yeah. That, that, that was that the they had one. to take. Yeah. Okay. Because the, the Clinton administration had uh, uh, OSHA. Okay. Um, which is part of the Department of Labor, OSHA had passed this new regulation and the business community hated it, right? And they got nowhere with OSHA. OSHA just did notice and comment rulemaking, informal rulemaking. They did it at the tail end of the Clinton administration. Bush 43 comes into office, Republicans regained control, and they went ahead and said, okay, fine, they, you know, done. Okay, we're overturning okay. this, right? The next 19 came. 19? Yes. 19 of them occurred. Okay. Um, uh, during the Trump administration, over, wanting to overturn regulations issued by the Obama administration. The Obama administration. Yep. Wow. Yes. But again, that's what happens when you Oppositional get party yeah right you get a set of elections okay <laughs> although trump had did trump have the did he have the entire congress at any point no uh, no. no he didn't have the house okay no he didn't have the house yep he had the senate for the first yes 
Um, no, he had the Senate for the Senate whole time. For the whole time, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Maybe. but he didn't have the House. Yes. I see. So yeah. that's interesting. You see, that's a. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So okay. would you expect that after November and the potential slash likely shellacking that the Biden administration will take, that there may we may see another uptick in in CRA stuff because. Yeah. There that will is, be oppositional Congress to the president. Yeah, that is if that's the focus of the Republican Party, right? Okay, because again, that's the other thing you got to take into account with the CRA. You know, what are the priorities? What's the agenda? Oh, how much fighting uh, do I want to do about yes, these okay. regulations? I mean, because let's face it, Nia, how many Americans get really, really excited about hearing that the Congress wants to overturn? regulations, many of which, most of which, most don't Americans apply. most right. Americans have never even heard of. And right? don't apply to most Americans, because the way regulations work for those who are not familiar with the regulatory processes, they are by agency, and so they're within a limited scope anyway, yes. because there is no agency that has all the power. Now, when I fix <laughs> that and change it with the Space Force, that will be different, and the, the laws that I pluck or the regulations that I pluck and change will affect everyone. But yeah. until then, generally speaking, even really big regulations don't affect everyone. They're yeah. Yeah, but it, because it, it, of the way agencies are broken out and the way interests and public interests are broken out. Yeah. They don't usually cover, like if they make a housing um, regulation, it's probably geared towards a specific group within the United States and their housing. It's unlikely to be all housing everywhere. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, if you're talking about uh, uh, the, the, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, right, you know, housing and urban, urban development um, has a number of housing programs. So when they issue a regulation, it might just be for one of their housing programs. Exactly. Right? Which may be, affect three or four million people, but people. three or four million people in the 336 million, million. of us is a drop in the bucket. bucket. Not, it, it doesn't affect, it affects deeply those lives and does not affect anyone else. Like, That's right. yeah, right. I mean, so, you know, so they're deep, but they're not wide, you know, most when of the, the time. yeah, when, you know, the, the, the small business administration, which is an agency within the commerce department changes a loan program. It's a loan program that has deep, you know, deep significance, great importance to small business owners. But for most Americans who don't have their own small business, right? Would you even know of it? Right. <laughs> okay. Because right. unless it a friend mentioned it to you, yeah, yeah it be is, a thing. It doesn't impact your life, right? right? doesn't stick in your brain yeah right and, and let's face it most of these regulations and we talked about it when we did the podcast episode on rules for the rule makers most regulations don't get reported on by the mainstream press oh, and, no. and unless you're a geek like me who will occasionally just you know go online and look at the federal register because I like doing that. Okay. <laughs> right. Or you get wind of something, something in, yes. your, in your area, or, like yeah, yeah, your policy something you're area. Interested, right. Right. You're yeah. interested. Right. You're interested. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Let me go check and see what that says. Yes. Right. You know, you know, you, you work for an interest group. Your boss comes in and says, I need you to, uh, to scan the federal register for the last couple months to make sure that these agencies aren't trying to do something devious right. or that will hurt our members, right? There you might find it. But again, that's because the interest group has a particular policy focus that benefits their members. Yeah, but unless it's totally sexy and salacious, it's not going to make the news. Oh my goodness, no, right? It's just... The, the, the federal government is so big and does so much stuff Right. And they and they break it down, Neil, like you described it, okay, into, you know, this department does this, and within departments are agencies, so it gets even more siloed, right, right. More, you know, narrower as you go deeper down, okay, 
Exactly. Oh, that small business loan that Augie's talking about affects bakeries with less than 10 employees. employees like right? the, it, it becomes this tiny you know, thing because you, you know, that's hair, how that works. That's how hair, you make rules. You know, a hairdresser that wants to open up a second store. Right. Okay. You know, right. uh, second location. Exactly. Okay. You know, uh, 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 a person that, that owns an auto repair shop. Okay, and sees a great opportunity to expand in a different part of town. Or we're going to change the definition of stream to be this number of acre feet of water per per right per per month instead of this number of acre feet. And it changes by 0.001%. So it's going to affect 200 streams in the entire nation. Yes. Right. Okay. That's the kind of level we're talking about. And your average person does not care. Yes. So, and the media doesn't care because if you came out breathlessly and said, oh, they're affecting 200 streams in the United States, the media would say, uh, okay. <laughs> and that's the end of that. Like they wouldn't, because yeah. one, it's not going to get eyeballs, and two, it's not going to get clicks, and three, it's not going to sell anything. Yeah, so right. there's, you know, and this was one of the alleged advantages of the CRA, because much like the media, much oh, like the public surface things, many members of Congress are generalists, right? Okay, they have some specific policy issues that they pay attention to, because it benefits their constituents, but by and large, they're generalists. Right. Um, That's the reason why they delegate a whole bunch of legislative authority to the executive branch, because the executive branch is populated by subject matter experts. Right. So how do you make sure that Congress is actually aware of of what the bureaucracy is doing? Some poor clerk's job. Yes. In the office of either the either the majority leader in the Senate or the majority leader in the House, their job is to look at the CFR when it comes out every day and see if anything will set people on fire. And if it does, they need to bring it up to their boss and say, this might be a thing we need to be worried about. You can even get more specific. I've had former students. Oh, no, they have to be informed. So somebody sends them an email saying, hey, we're putting in this regulation. I've had former students that go to work for members of Congress, Nia, and I've asked them what they've done. Okay, they're like first couple months on the job. And I've had easily a half a dozen of them say, <laughs> I've had to wade through the CRA. And they're, they're shocked that I know what the CRA is. And I'm just like, oh, you're talking about the reporting of rules from agencies. And they're like, uh, one, why do you know that? And two, it is so boring. <laughs> and the answer to question one is because you're a policy wonk and you're an administrative law goob. Yeah. So, but, but, but the second question is, but yeah, it, I, it, yeah, it, it, it's boring because it, it's boring because the, the actual running of government is oh, boring. So it's, much boring it's paperwork it's sign this thing and move it to the next desk and you know what i mean like it's it's i've heard that on film sets that they spend 98 percent of the time sitting around waiting to do two percent acting right like and so that's why you get all kinds of crazy stuff that happens on on sets is because people are bored. So they pick up guns and shoot them, right? And accidentally kill people. Or they, you know, they, they, you know, they, they or there are affairs. affairs or there or, are, you know, they develop, they, just, they get into they, drug problems. They get yeah, into they did, they, yeah, they problems. Did, yeah. Yep. All kinds of stuff. And then some of them do more benign things. I know that some some people do needlepoint and they're like, this is the pillow I made during Star Wars or whatever, right? Which is good for you. But but the boredom factor yes. is so high with the federal government. So, but I but wait, getting to a point there though, that that's interesting that you that you bring up that one of the advantages of this of the CRA is that it does surface regulations to people who might not otherwise be exposed to them. If you had to remember to go read the CFR every day. 
or, or sorry, you know, the um, Federal Register. Register. Sorry, I keep saying the CFR, but it's the Federal Register. I'm sorry. If you had to go read the Federal Register every day, you wouldn't. Like, no, that's no. not a thing most people would do every day. You might and I might, but normal <laughs> people would not do that. Yes. So, so but being forced to know what's going on, I that's a really good advantage to that is to help surface. Yeah things that maybe people are sneaking around and doing like, oh, I don't know, consolidating agencies behind your back. <laughs> so you're telling me I'm going to have to be more devious than I thought. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, note you, to self, you could probably still get away with what you proposed at the beginning of this podcast episode, Nia. If I have both, both houses of Congress, if I have both sides of Congress and the president. But if nothing else, it's going to force you, okay, oh, to uh, announce it. To announce it, okay, <sighs> and then you know, in 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 wait for that other branch of government to you know work sixty days, and hopefully, like nobody gets upset, okay, and proposes a joint resolution. Okay, that makes that seem like it's more difficult than I had expected. Yes. And, and again, so much of government, and, 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 and I don't say this to dissuade any listener who's thinking about going to work in government, but as Nia just pointed out, a lot of what the government does is not terribly exciting stuff. <laughs> it's boring right? management. It's, okay. And it's megalomaniac management. Yeah, right. I mean, it really does manage people like me who want to take over everything like, yeah, okay, you can do that. But it's going to take you six months and you have to get past a joint resolution first. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like so many things. I mean, when you become an adult. Okay, it, oh, it, it, and you, you have know, to take your car for inspection, inspection. And you have to do all that you just have to do those things because Yes. That's the society in which we live. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, got to pay your taxes. Is, you know, you know, uh, listeners, Nia's heard me um, uh, share share a tale of woe of something I'm going through right now, as we are recording this podcast episode. You know, I I have a house, right? Um, and you and, have a plumber in your house this morning. Uh, I have a plumber in my house this morning, right? Because okay. that's the kind of stuff you have to do when you're a homeowner. Yeah, yeah, right. And when I was a kid, okay, and there were a couple of periods, okay, without going into many too many details, where I was homeless, right? Okay, where I was just like, man, I would really like to have my own home. And now I do. And now I'm just kind of sort of like, wow. You know, that seems so much, <laughs> so more, so much more appealing. When I didn't have to do all the stuff that I have to do. Do, right? Okay. Right. When okay. I didn't have to power wash the roof every year. <laughs> right. Okay. Where, you know, I, 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 I have to like, you know, create a flow chart to figure out when various parts of my house will need to be replaced. Right. right. And save accordingly. Yes. Right. But again, you do that because you like your house, right? You do and that. And you, you do, need the shelter. You need yes. the. You need it to perform. Yes. In a in the way a house performs, right? If you just don't replace a window, if it gets broken while you're playing baseball with Mac, yes, right? With Mac, yes. You throw it through the window. You because you're like that. You smash the window and you don't replace it. Right. Eventually, the integrity of your house will fail. Yes. And then the, and then the, the overall animals will come in, winter will, will come in, you know. And, and likewise, when you go to work in the executive branch of the federal government. You okay, got to maintain the thing. You got to maintain the thing. There are forms you got to fill out. There are people who you need to tell because <laughs> you don't operate in a vacuum. Right. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, the old, you know, the bureaucrat, bureaucratic lament. I would be so much more effective in my job without politics. Um, you work in government. Right. Okay? What did you expect? <laughs> what did you expect, right? And part of working in the democratic government in the United States is the legislative branch every once in a while wants to know, okay, what the executive branch is doing, okay? And the CRA kind of sort of furthers that, right? 
Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I'm assuming that as those things come in, sometimes if there hasn't been a good enough interagency communication, that Congress catches something and says, whoa, 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 these two things are in opposition to each to other. To each other, yes. Okay. Y'all need to fix that because yeah, you're going to tell people go and stop at the same time, which if you've ever done that to a dog, right? <laughs> you know come stay come stay right like they they go ah, 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 and they eventually just lay down because they don't know what to do yeah it's, sen you're, it's you're sensory not, it's sensory overload right for your you're pet. being mean yeah. right yeah. So you're being yeah. mean so i can see where that also is an advantage which is that congress can catch a thing and say these two things are not going to work together and you're going to cause my constituents harm yes by trying to make them do both of these things at the same time Another thing that we've seen, because uh, uh, there uh, isn't a requirement for agencies to check regulations with other agencies. agencies. No, but that can arise when they're going through the rulemaking process, right? I mean, because people can provide comments. Um, and <laughs> this is an exact opposition <laughs> to this other rule. Yeah, 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 right. Y'all need to get yourselves together. But w one of the positives of the CRA is that because rules have to be reported to Congress, and again, Congress has 60 legislative working days, a rule can be referred to a committee that has, um, uh, if you will, oversight of that agency and that particular policy area. And it's the kind of thing that they can reference in a future hearing particularly a future budget hearing. Mm. So even if a joint resolution doesn't get passed, the committee can, in the future can make reference to it and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, per the CRA, you reported this regulation and we're not entirely sure this flows from your authorizing statute. Would you care to explain it? Now, a good agency head will view that as an opportunity. Right. Okay. A poor agency head is just like, well, panic. You know, well, or, you know, mutters underneath their breath or to the legal counsel for the agency. <clears throat> I hate these idiots. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't understand why I have to explain it to them. Okay. And um, that will be caught on a hot mic and that person <laughs> will be fired. <laughs> well, but you bring up an interesting point there, which I would like to just explore just a little bit, which is okay. so the CRA is very separate from the budget yes like the joint resolution is not about money no nope. it's you don't say we we resolve that this is a terrible idea because it's going to cost a lot of money no no that's a whole separate For, that, that's issue. part of the budget that's part of the okay. budgeting process the cra focuses on if you will um substantive rules okay that are potentially going to affect a whole bunch of people's lives right and right, this is, but the but the congressional joint resolution Luchin, is not based in money. It's, it's based, based in uh, either in approval, harm. yeah, approval or disapproval. Okay. okay, we liked, you know, we did not like this particular regulation. Okay, they don't have to do anything if they like it, though, right? They just sit back and chill, and it goes through. Yes, and and so again, it's an it's an opt out, not an opt in. Yeah, they have I mean, to opt out of the regulation. Relation. And, okay. and again, remember, Nia, we're talking about 20 joint resolutions in 25 in years. Five years. It's not like it's a common thing that happens. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. But you know, some poor slob has to read it every day. Yes. Yep. Even if it's not, even if yep. it's not being acted on. Now, we are you also were talking about 20 that were passed. Yeah. That doesn't mean 20 that came to the floor. No. Yeah. And didn't get passed because probably way more than that came to the floor and people were like, Burr, and then <laughs> nothing, nothing yeah. happened. I, I, I did. I, I got to admit, I, I really loved the, the audio there. Sorry. <laughs> I was just like, man, when, you know, because we've talked about this in regards to I talk in sound effects. I can't okay. help it. But 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 it, it made me think about uh, Nia uh, our discussion of present uh, the 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 lawmaking process and how in uh, the episodes um, this is not you know 
Schoolhouse Rock, you we were talking about presidential vetoes, and you went ahead and said you would you wouldn't it be great if when the president vetoed a law, okay, there was like an audio that went <laughs> with the stamp, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I have revised my audio. It should be wah, wah, right okay. like they do on game shows. Yeah, or or the 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 teacher on the old uh Phoenix. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, and if you could cap <laughs> if you could capture this on C-SPAN, okay? It would be awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. C-SPAN's <laughs> already fun to watch sometimes, but that would make it even more fun. I yeah. think uh, a camera in I think we are not far from cameras being in the White House, like in the president, like you being able to cam the president occasionally. Oh, in the Oval Office. Right, yes. which I yes. think would be terrifying with some presidents, but I think we're not that far from that. Joe Biden won't do that. No. But when we get a younger hipster president. Yes. Who's used to having their entire life be an open book. Yes. I yeah. think we'll see Facebook posts at 4 a.m. Like it'll, it'll, I think in some ways Donald Trump has opened that door. But that's a separate issue. Yeah. Um, so here's my my other like question about um, the CRA. The CRA, which is, so I send you my regulations. Yes. And you find one that you don't like. Yes. And you go and you get a joint resolution and you actually get one which is nothing shy of a miracle at this point that you can get any number of people to agree on something like that okay joint resolution if i'm recalling correctly is both the house and the senate yes is it a majority of it? it's just a simple majority of each yes yeah it's just a, a, a regular bill yep okay yeah. so you get 260 people roughly no 271 people I don't know if I did the math there right or not, but anyway, right. Okay. Simple majority so, in the house, which is two, which is 435 and hundred senators is 535, which would be 250 plus 17, which is 267. Okay. Seven, so you get yeah. 267, 267 people who say, all right, we don't like it. it goes to the president. The president actually allows it to go through. Mm -hmm. So the agency then has to um, um, uh, rescind the rule, which means, according to the APA, they have to formally announce in the Federal Register that they are rescinding a rule. And then, okay, the agency is prohibited from issuing a substantially similar regulation in the future. And in the future, meaning forever, not like in the future for 10 years or in the future for 20 years till you get a different Congress or you the, don't the, get to keep coming back. Back. The CRA is um, uh, uh, silent about how long, but the interpretation by, of course, members of Congress is forever. I'm surprised there's not been a lawsuit about that to try to get clarity on <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I mean, I mean? because yeah, in yeah. perpetuity is a very long time. long time like you don't know yes. whether whether situations on the ground might change that might cause that regulation to actually be a very good idea yeah yeah I, i'm surprised that there has not been some sort of because really what congress did was they made a rule we are forever going to get to keep you from doing this except that what well, seemed it, like a good idea 100 years ago would not seem like a good idea now. Well, in, in, in the other conflict that could arise is what if Congress disapproves of a rule and the president signs the resolution, approves of the resolution? But what they disapproved is in conflict with the agency's authorizing legislation. So they say you can't do that. And and the agency says, yeah, it's written right here in the rule you gave us before this rule that said we could do it. Oh. So, so so for administrative law scholars, 
you know, that's like one of their dream future cases. Yeah, because right? that would have to go to SCOTUS, right? Because SCOTUS would have to figure out which one takes precedence, the Congress that, that authorized the agency or the Congress that is. That says, nope, we disapprove of the rule. Yep. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, that's something to look forward to. I hope I'm the first agency head that that happens to. <clears throat> oh, hey. Uh, See, we, there's we, good we, things about putting me in charge of the Space Force. I'm just saying we can test out all kinds of stuff with administrative law. And, and, and because we're talking about, you know, um, you know, something in the federal government, a phenomenon in the federal government, a, a particular phenomenon might be uh, called, um, I was Rogered. <laughs> Except, boy, would that have a, a connotation that I disapprove of. <laughs> you know, you know, it's kind of sort of like, you know, when a, a, a nominee for a federal judgeship gets uh, rejected by the Senate, um, they, uh, the verb is they got borked. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I know. Poor I got, Judge Bork. I got Roger. <laughs> I, well, I, that's already a thing, but wow. Huh. is just like, man, this podcast episode took a decidedly it negative. Dark. Yes. <laughs> turn, dark turn. Turn at the end. <laughs> can the, um, can the CRA, can they disapprove of parts of a regulation? Uh, no, it is, uh, you disapprove. Or is it the whole thing or not you, at all? You, do, you disapprove of the like, regulation. Can I disapprove of jelly, but leave peanut butter on my sandwich? Nope, nope, nope. Okay. It's, I have to disapprove of both. Yes. Okay. And, and, and again, when the CRA was first passed, a number of administrative law scholars thought that what agencies would do is to issue regulations with a lot of parts and a lot of complexity to make it more difficult for the Congress. Uh, that's clever because there'll be stuff in there that everybody will want. want yes. Oh, right. and then there'll be stuff in there that everybody disagrees with. And what are they going to do? They can't throw out the entire thing because if they do, then they lose the stuff they want. Want, yes. And that's, that's dashed clever. That's politics, my friend. That's politics, right? That really is politics. That would be a great yes. way. Okay, well, now that's given me a path forward. Yes. See, that's why when you become, okay, the secretary of the Space Force. I you, need a really good administrative law guy like uh, you, you to come in so I can say, this is what I want to do, and you can make it happen. Yeah, and I can come in. Again, listeners, uh, I apologize for yet another West Wing reference. Okay, you would need a Leo, right? right? A Leo McGarity, right? You okay. need somebody who knows the ins and outs now, and how to get stuff done and yes, and how to word it just so, just so, so that when we do submit the regulation to Congress, they okay, just, they're just like one, they're not entirely sure what the regulation is about. <laughs> But that, that we definitely need obscure language. But two, it sounds like she wants to take over these other agencies, but it but not. No, but, that can't be what she really wants. But it, it doesn't say that she is acquiring the other agencies. Yeah, how is that even a? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which is why um, we have discussed in past episodes, and we will wrap up on the concept that. Um, the most dangerous presidents in history have been people who understood that, who understood the concept yes. of, of how to politic rules and regulations to get what you want. And in part, the way you do that is you make it hard for your opponent to say no. No. Right. Yes. I've put things in this regulation. It's like farm bills where you know, back in the day, Democrats, well, no, back in the, it, it, currently, Democrats don't really want to support a lot of farm bills because they go to mega farms, farms and they go to Monsanto and stuff like that, which is why re Republican presidents or Republican senators put in things like um, uh, aid to mothers with children, WIC, right? Things yes. like that yes. into the farm bill, which they know Democrats want. 
And so then they, they're forced to say, if you want this, you also have to give us this, like this is how, and that's a brilliant, if you can do that, if you can make yourself as a president, give up things in order to get things, you get a lot more stuff than if you're one of those presidents who's like, no, I want it all. Well, then you may end up with nothing. Yeah, recall, Neil, our discussion about how President Linda Baines Johnson was able to go ahead and convince um, uh, he, he needed more votes for the Civil Rights Act. And he and got white Southern senators <laughs> to, to vote. To, to vote in favor of it by including sex. Because they didn't want to be seen as voting against women. Right. <laughs> right. And, and that's how you get, it's, it's brilliant. And when a president can't do that, they don't get much done. Yes. Because when they come in with their sort of, I am forceful and I will be, you know, and I am the one who will make all the decisions. You're like, mm, turns but, out not so much. Yeah. I mean, and, and. And that's not been just President Trump. President Carter had issues with that as well. Yeah. That's been on both sides of the political spectrum. It's been with, you know, um, well, I mean, we, we heroes about, and villains all the way yes. across the presidencies. I mean, we, you know, we talked about this with Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan came into office and he said he was uh, going to balance the federal government budget and he was going to do it by slashing domestic policy spending. Okay. Well, he also wanted to increase defense spending, and the Democrats in Congress said, okay, fine. Um, if you want more defense spending. We're going to need more social net spending. Social net spending. And of course, you know, Reagan's budget people were like, but Mr. President, you're not going to balance the budget. And Reagan was just like, well, okay, something's got to give. Right. Well, and Bush 41, I will not read my lips, lips no, new, no taxes. new taxes. And then approximately a year in, somebody said, that's okay, but we don't have any money. Yeah. So how do, what do you want to do about that? And he yeah, had to eat crow. And yeah, the Democrats went ahead and said, okay, Mr. President, you want to balance the budget? Okay. Um, well, we will hold the line on entitlement spending, but you're going to have to increase taxes. Okay. Right. Um, he made the deal. And he ended up losing uh, the next election. But uh, he was right to do it because, was, I mean, let's it was face the it, politically right thing to do. It was the politically right thing to do in, for the country at that time. Right. And, and I know many of our listeners, particularly our younger listeners, are like, there was a period of time where, like, Americans were concerned about the federal government having a balanced budget. <laughs> yes, yes, there we, was. We, yes, yes, there, there was. was a time. There was. A, we've we've given up on it now, but there yeah, was. There was a time, time. and in even Bush forty one's successor, Bill Clinton, has acknowledged that the surpluses the federal government had the last couple of years he was president started was with Bush was because of that budget deal yep okay started um, with president bush and he's taken uh he's taken hits over the years and yes. people will pull up that that clip of him saying read my lips which was a mistake you should never be that emphatic <laughs> yeah. as a presidential candidate <laughs> yeah. um, but that was his mistake not in in, in basically being so emphatic that when he had yeah. to walk it back it made yeah. him look weak yeah, because he had no room to go. I mean, he, right. he, 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 right. I will do my darndest not to raise taxes. And see, that is more realistic, but doesn't sound good in a speech. Yes. And, That's and the it, problem politicians have is they have to make speeches that get people at rallies all riled up. Yeah. And Read it, it, my it, lips, no new taxes. And people screamed and threw things. They were so happy about that. And it was and, untenable. And in and, and, and that period of our country's history, you had to walk a really fine line about the taxing issue, right? Because if you were a candidate like Walter Mondale, who, when he was running for president in 84, went ahead and said in a debate that he would raise taxes. Okay. Well, now you got a target on you. Okay. Right. From, from, for, for, from every fiscally conservative voter out there. Exactly. For, in your own party <laughs> and in the other party, right? right. Like, okay. You, you, you've just, but, yeah. 
But you can't do what Bush did and said, read my lips, no new taxes. Well, okay, no, what you need to go ahead and say is a little bit more nuanced. So you have some room to maneuver. Right. Okay. And again, for listeners who like more principled politicians, what Nia and I are describing, okay, could easily be labeled as, well, Nia and Augie seem to be all in favor of, you know, politicians without principles who always cut deals. But again, if you are the president and you want to get things done, you, you got to make deals. You have to make deals, right? If you're a member if of Congress- If you want to do what they say when they say I represent the entire country and not just the party that elected me, me then you, you make, have to make deals. deals. You have yes. to reach across the aisle. You have to do- Yes, okay. And, and that's like, not bad politics. That's not yeah. being a bad politician. And going, Nia, back to your example about the farm bill, right? You know, in addition to including programs that- perhaps the other party wants, you may also create or uh, you also put into farm bills subsidies for farm products that are important to members of the opposition party, right? right? So I will give subsidies for the growing of pistachios, right? <laughs> Pistachio nuts, right? Well, that's particularly important to certain members of the California delegation. Right. Okay. Which is almost all Democrats. So if you're yes. a Republican, putting that in shows that you're reaching across the aisle and yeah. trying to be. Even if you don't, even. Even if you yourself hate pistachios and think pistachios should be destroyed from the earth, you, you are recognizing <laughs> that. You, you got to do that, right? Because right? those people have to answer to their constituents. constituents. And if you That's come up with something where they it kills pistachio farms in California. They have to go home and tell somebody that yes. you've made an enemy unnecessarily. Fairly, why do right? that? Which is why the bills, which is what, which is our final point, which is why all bills that come out of the Congress are more than a reasonable amount that you could read in an evening. Yes. They're long. And the reason they're long is because they have all kinds of stuff like that in them. Yes. No bill says this bill is super simple. It has one thing. It's written on one page and we're done. Like there's not a bill that comes out like that. Well, it, 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 you just brought this up. One of the shortest pieces of legislation that I've ever read from the United States Congress is Title IX to the 1972 amendments to the Civil Rights Act. Now, we work in higher education. Right. If you ever work in education in the United States, you're familiar with Title IX. Right. It only has 27 words. But even those 27 words have spawned multiple decades, okay, right. of federal government <laughs> of regulations, federal anger, court case, discussion, discussion, yeah, right. Court okay. cases, legislation, okay. Okay. media attention. attention. Yeah, right. Holy so, cow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a, a piece of legislation with only 27 words. Most, right. most legislation right. is, 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 you know, far larger, more complex, and government regulations are that way. And it's not just because the lawyers got their hands on it and they want to, you, know, uh, you know, make uh, uh, the government liability immune or proofed, okay? It's because no. of nuance. It's nuance, right? Right. Okay. Want I mean, to cover as many people as people we can. can. Yes, right. We want to reach across uh, we, differences in, you know, ge geography, um, you know, uh, socioeconomics, demographics, right, demo yeah, all okay. of that. But you also got to put caps on those regulations and right. programs because you know you only got so much money, right? Okay. Um, so you know, try to you know, you know, thread that needle. Okay. Right. That's why regulations are really, really complex. Right. And of course, if you want to avoid scrutiny per the CRA, you make them <laughs> really, really complex. Exactly. Nobody's going to read that. That's a thousand pages long. All right. Nia. Oh, I enjoyed the heck out of this conversation. 
Um, and, and by the way, um, and consider yourself hired for when I'm the agency head of the Space Force slash everything else we eventually get to take over. Well, I would appreciate that. Okay, I, I, I truly would, uh, because uh, as you well know, you're going to be my attack dog. Yes, as you well know, I, I don't like to be the public face of like anything. Um, and, um, and you're yes, you're going to be my Machiavelli behind the scenes. And I'll go out and make grand pronouncements, and they'll be like, "She's so brilliant." And I'm like, "Nope, it's Augie. Yay! No, you, you'll you'll come back to the office and say, "So, uh, Augie, today I promised X," and I'll be like, "You did what? <laughs> that is not what I told you to promise." <laughs> Anyways, Nia, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. And in listeners, truth be told. Uh, today's uh, topic, uh, the uh, Congressional Review Act, uh, was something uh, that I proposed, and I think Nia's initial reaction was, you want to talk about what? <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate, Nia, uh, um, uh, you humoring me for the past hour to talk about one of my favorite laws uh, of, of recent vintage, at least, one of my favorite laws. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the workshop for technical assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.